The Lord be with you. If the Apostle Paul had any sense of humor at all, and I'm not saying that he did, but if Paul of Tarsus had any sense of humor, he might have taken a moment every now and then to wryly contemplate the extreme reversal of his situation after Saul became Paul. You might remember that just last week we considered the man who had spent so much of his time working as a sort of religious sheriff with a briefcase full of arrest warrants. He was a a fanatical detective. He was tracking people down and harassing and imprisoning them. And then he would stand by to witness their suffering and sometimes even their death. But this amazing conversion changed the trajectory of his life. And that same relentless energy and drive found a new focus. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles. Now, as books of the Bible go, the Acts of the Apostles is a really wild ride. It picks up right where Luke's gospel leaves off, and there's one amazing story onto the next. And this is the account of the early church. It's first wild and tumultuous and crazy steps on its way in the world. And it's been primed and made alive with Holy Spirit momentum. These stories and acts help us reframe our understanding of what the Spirit still wants to do in the midst of a Christian community, even one like ours. And as the, spirits, as the Spirit leads with the surprising, wide, and generous love of a living God becomes known to us, Give shape to a blessed and grateful sort of people like us. Now, as it happens, there is a part one to the story, and we heard it in the first reading. It's from a while back, and if you're in the mood for a refresher, we put the link in news and notes. It's, you'd have to go to our archives from our website all the way back in October 2020. And in that story from Acts 16, we meet a young girl an exploited person. She's a slave, and she's been hired out to locals in the city of Philippi as an oracle of Apollo, a a human connection to the realm of the gods, and she's worked as a sort of priestess or prophetess for hire, reading fortunes, sharing words from the god of light and music for a nominal sign-up fee and three easy payments, of course. But today's part two is intense. It's horrific, even. Paul and Silas's intervention and liberation of the girl had ruined the entire business model. They'd messed with the wrong people. There's outrage among the local merchant class, and with an angry mob and compliant government officials, Paul and his companion Silas were humiliated, beaten, flogged, thrown into a dungeon, and bound in stocks. 
What a strange scene for the other prisoners then, as John has already shown us, that these two bloodied and bruised men began to sing and pray from the depths of the dungeon. What are they on? These new prisoners are different. They're compelling. They're remarkable. They carry with them a a point of view, their own living reality. And this is the book of Acts, of course. So, of course, there's an earthquake. And I love this line. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Everyone's chains were unfastened. Now, it might be a cool story, a fun flannel graph Sunday school story even, but this isn't just a holy prison break. This isn't a commercial or some promotional material for the bonus perks of traveling with the wild and free Holy Spirit. I mean, it's nice. It's nice that Paul and Silas get broken out of prison. This isn't the first time that they would be in prison, and it would not be their last. But this story is so much more than a prison break story for two preachers. As the bewildered inmates walk out of their broken jail cells, a desperate jailer drew his sword and prepared to take his own life. Has he been dishonored, disgraced, humiliated, professionally destroyed? Does this jailer anticipate a violent reception from the inmates? Probably. From his Roman superiors? Definitely. Whoever gets to him first. Can a man like this ever face his family again? Better just to get it over with. But at the last moment, in the dark, Paul's voice rang out. Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The broken prison, yeah, that was amazing. But this scene in the aftermath, it's beyond belief. Who are these men? The prisoners are still here? How? How is this possible? How have they done this miracle? Falling at their feet, the man cries out, Sirs, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So Paul, the evangelist, preaches the Jesus story. The Christ in the world story. Friend, this is only a good deal. If it's a good deal for all of us. All of us. Even you. And so the jailer who had thrown these men in the dungeon and bound them in stocks washed the wounds of the men who he had treated with such cruelty. And then the freed apostles return the favor because then they baptize that same man and his family. 
Mercy freely given and received with gratitude and joy. And then they break out food and share a midnight feast on the lawn. And that night, the church grew a little. The broken prison foundations, yeah, that was an impressive thing. But this jailer's salvation, that was the real miracle. We never really ever do find out what happened to the jailer and his family, but could he ever be the jailer that he had been before that crazy night? Could he look at the prisoners in his care the same way ever again? These stories from Acts are what happens when the church, alive in the spirit, mixes and travels and lives in the the wide places of the public square, the places where people live and make a living, the places where regular folk will do almost anything to try and get some answers. And it's when the church seeks out or finds herself in hidden places, the places that society doesn't want to talk about. Alleyways strewn with garbage, makeshift camps in vacant lots, shelters made out of tarps and cardboard in the river valley, compounds full of displaced people from a corner of the globe that we don't really think about that often. And in our own society, like almost every society, the truly forgotten and despised places, homeless shelters, prisons, halfway houses, the places that let good people like us warehouse society's undesirables, and deplorables. But friends, this is only a good deal if it's a good deal for all of us. God loves the victims of our world's unkindness. Of course he does. But God loves the perpetrators of that unkindness too. And this is how the church adds to her numbers. Tending of wounds. Surprise baptisms. And feasts of celebration and wonder and such joy. Can we tell a story like this? Can we keep telling stories like this? I don't think we can tell a story like this and not say something about the secular saint Nelson Mandela. That astonishing man was a political prisoner held captive by a corrupt system for 27 years. And in that time, he embodied a legendary capacity to name and honor the humanity. The humanity of his captors, his prison guards, his jailers. Time and again, he responded to cruelty with grace and forgiveness. The man was also a total quotable quote machine, and I'll just give you one of his gems. For to be free, 
is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Week after week, it's right there in the order of service, we end the service in the communion of the Holy Spirit. In that little line, we name the shared experience as a people astonished by the mercies of a loving God. Then we are sent out again, filled and guided by the Spirit to live with care for our companions in the human experience. Honoring, celebrating, tending wounds, speaking words of hope and healing, sharing what we have in celebration. We are living miracles, following the Jesus way. May we have our hearts opened and ready, anticipating what the Spirit still has in store for us. Fresh possibilities and hopefully some surprises. What places might people from a church like ours find ourselves? Where are we going to end up next? Friends, this is only a good deal if it's a good deal for all of us. Amen.